Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. Board Gosh Energy, putting customers at the core of under 20 and senior hurling championship action. Hashtag hurling to the core. Hello and welcome to the Throw In Independent.ie's GA podcast in association with Board Gosh Energy. I'm Will Slattery and welcome to our All Ireland Camogie final preview. I'm delighted to be joined by my co host Michael Verney, Ashling Marr from the Dublin Camogie team, and also on the line by Kenny legend Elaine Eilward. And just before we get into our chat about the game, a reminder that there's a four page match preview in this weekend, Sunday Independent, and you can also read Ashling's pre-match and post-match columns in the Saturday Irish Independent and the Monday Irish Independent, so a lot to look forward to in terms of digesting the match. And Ashling, I guess we'll start off with, with the matchup itself, Kilkenny versus Galway, and having got Kilkenny Cork in the last three finals, I think it's kind of a bit refreshing to even get half a novel pairing. Yeah, it's definitely, I think it's a great thing. Um, delighted to see Galway get in and break into the last two with the championship final. Um, Galway have definitely been very close over the last couple of years, so while maybe we've been used to seeing Cork and Kilkenny there fairly consistently, Galway would never have been far behind them. Um, so brilliant to see them break in, and we'll see hopefully a different style of game now, given that there's a, a fresh pairing. Yeah, what, what, what do you think might be the difference then in terms of style? Well, I guess... Uh, Probably with the Cork and Kilkenny games the last couple of years, we've seen you know very tactical matches. Um, they've both teams have had very strong defences, um, and I guess maybe the exhibition of the games has been more so in the defending rather than the attacking. We've seen a couple of very low scoring games, um, so it'll be interesting to see now with the introduction of a new team with Galway. We might see a more free flowing, open game. Hopefully, it might be a higher scoring game, um, and I think it'll probably be a better exhibition of camogie for neutral people and for viewers watching it. Um, hopefully, it'll be a really good display. I think that's a big thing. Like the yeah. last couple of years, the, the semi finals and some of the group games have been the really, really good games and the really high scoring games. Whereas the finals have been low scoring it's been battles of free takers a lot of the time but I think Kilkenny have kind of uh, they've changed their approach this year even Anne Dalton going up centre forward is kind of like a sign that we have really good they've really good attackers like Michelle Quilty Denise Gall um, the Farrells as well and now they have Anne Dalton they're kind of adopting more of an approach now where they think they can outscore you rather than maybe the last few years they've been trying to contain a bit too much. So they've like they've a brilliant attack. So I think they kind of think yeah, it's the Brazil Barcelona approach where they just think they'll outscore you. They'll mm. concede a bit, but they think they'll still outscore you. Well, that's interesting. I'm bringing Elaine Aylward on the line now. Elaine, would you agree with uh, Michael's assessment there? Because those court games, you know, that has been the dominant rivalry, and as Ashing said, they've been very kind of tight, low scoring defenses on top where scores with a premium. Is it a new approach where they've just wanted to open? up that attack a little bit more 
Yeah, I think so. And I think after the All-Ireland last year, I think Kenny would have been disappointed that they didn't maybe attack Cork more. I thought Cork were probably there for the taking in last year's All-Ireland final. And because Kenny sat so far back and were so defensive, they never really threatened Cork up front and paid the ultimate price for it. Like, you know, they've done really well in the last couple of years defensively, only conceding small scores in the All-Ireland final. Like, I think it was 14 points last year, maybe 10 points the year before. But they're paying for it at the other end and they're not getting the scores. You had, like, we see how lethal Michelle Quilty is in front of the goal in the semi-final this year, like, scoring 1-9. She's an out-and-out corner forward. Like, that's where she thrives. But the last couple of years, she's been forced to come back out the field to try and win ball and and then try and take on a Cork defence. And a Cork defence, most times, with an extra player because of the way Kilkenny are playing at the back. So, look, that's totally turned on its head this year. And a lot of that is down to, I think, Brian Dowling's introduction into the management team. He's definitely brought in a more attacking approach and they're definitely reaping the benefits of it like if you look what they've scored the championship this year they've been they're the strongest attack in the championship I think it's something like 150 points in the five games like absolutely blowing the lights out of the scoreboard and you know while their defence may not have been tested that strongly up to this point I think once you're scoring you're putting yourself in a great position to win those games I think there's 16 goals so far in the championship so far, which is outstanding as well, mm. really. Like you know, yeah. So watching like for Galway, their first appearance in the final, I think in four years. You know, what kind of task do they have to contain this great attack? Is it is it something they can do? Do you think? Yeah, well, I think that's a, a really valid point. And uh, going back to what you said, I do think that probably Kilkenny's biggest threat is that that six forwards they have up front, they've got an unbelievable forward line. So for Galway to be able to compete, they're really going to have to get their matchups right in the back line. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them to, to see them drop back a seventh defender. Um, I think that especially with the likes of Katie Parrish, she'll probably play you know in or around the centre forward position. They tend to kind of rotate in between herself and Denise Gall, Michelle Quilty, a couple of the others. They probably won't stay fixed in any given position. But the nature of players like Gall and Katie Parrish is that they'll drop back and they set up so many of those attacks that I think Galway will need an extra defender to be able to pick up those girls when they drop outside of um, Galway's half-back line because I don't think that the Galway half-backs can go and follow them and leave that space um, otherwise I think they, they leave themselves too exposed for that direct ball in in front of Michelle Quilty or Miriam Walsh who can be lethal in front of the goal if they win that ball they'll just turn and go um, so I think that'll be a really interesting thing to see what Cahill Murray does um, in regard to his goalway defence um, I think that he probably will need an extra defender to combat those six forwards for Kilkenny Just on that as well Cahill Murray it's, it's happened a few times in the last couple of years it happened with JJ Doyle it's happened with Paddy Murray as well Cahill Doyle is manager the intermediates and the seniors on the same day and I can't imagine like he must he'd have to have everything so well organised he's probably going to have to leave for the last 15 minutes of the intermediate match mm. so he's going to have to leave and go into the dressing room like, could you like was it just to get the players just take yeah. it on I presume and get the leaders in the in the team and whatever and a couple of his selectors probably take it on for while he's missing I suppose yeah. do that yeah I suppose well he'll have to have um, a lot of faith in the rest of the management team that he's leaving yeah. behind him with the with the intermediate team because definitely like you said imagine say, leaving at the, with yeah. 15 minutes to go yeah. <laughs> if the match is in the balance like. especially given that game I think that that Westmeath and Galway game is going to be very close so I'd say it'll be a difficult one for him to leave and even like that coming into the game you know it's the biggest game of the year you want to have your sole focus on that match it's got to be difficult for him to be splitting his attention between two games and two teams and two oppositions Um, like obviously we've seen it it can be done Um, obviously Potty Murray did it um, and Kilkenny did it a few years ago as well so it is possible but it's definitely a very particular challenge (laughs) that he's going to be faced with 
start. Yeah, it's a big challenge, I think, for a lot of the players as well, because there is a small crossover of player, players on that Galway panel. Um, and look, it's all fine and well. If Galway win the intermediate, there'll be a big boost coming into the restroom before the Galway seniors grow up. But I remember sitting in Crook Park a few years ago and looking down at the Cork subs and some of the intermediate girls that had lost the intermediate final were sitting in the subs for the Cork seniors and the tears were still pouring down their face from having been beaten in the intermediate. So, you know, it's a it's a big management call, but management would probably have it structured in that. I know when we were there, like, we did it with um, Niall Williams and Graham Dillon one year and we had it set from the year that Niall was leaving the intermediate game with 15 minutes to go, Graham would take over and Niall would be with the seniors. So that all runs smoothly, but I suppose you can't allow for what's going to happen on the intermediate game and the emotional effect that's going to have on the players who then have to either brush themselves down or contain their excitement and go into a senior dressing room and start the process all over again so it's a huge ask for Colin Murray but look in fairness to him I think he's been bang on all year with his tactics and his organisation I think Galway look really composed all year so I don't think it'll be a problem to him That's a good point about the players who lost the final you know yeah. getting because yeah as Elaine mentions if you win you're kind of there is a pep in your step you're kind of happy to maybe go out again but if you lose especially in dramatic circumstances to, to turn around within minutes must be impossible almost. Yeah you wonder what sort of headspace you'd be in maybe you'd want to get a chance to get in and make a difference or maybe you'd be in the kind of your headspace would be that jeez I'm after losing an Ireland final like uh, how am I going to go out and play or how could I even consider it or would I be tuned in to what's going on in the match so it's an interesting kind of demographic and even from the management um, if like if, the, if they lose you'd ima- like they're after losing an All-Ireland final before preparing for another All-Ireland mm. final so it's not going to be easy but it's just an interest it's happened it's happened quite a bit mm. like in the last decade which is mad like really yeah. yeah yeah I think it's becoming common in those counties it's probably something that we're seeing is that the intermediate and the senior panels will train together for you know the majority of the year yeah. I think down in Galway they've split now the last couple of weeks they're kind of focusing in on individual on their games individually but um it's it's obviously something that is a massive boost in a county when you have an intermediate team that's competing at that level and you can see the benefit uh, to the senior teams. I know even with the last time Galway won that intermediate um, championship, there was a load of the girls that are now playing with the senior team on Sunday who were playing with the intermediate team when they won. I know Aoife yeah. O'Donoghue and Sarah Durvin and a lot of the big names down in Galway mm. have had that experience. So it just goes to show how important it is as well for the development of the senior team in the county. Yeah, it's an interesting wrinkle at the weekend. And uh, Elaine, just on that matchup, Kilkenny versus Galway, like they've, ha- they've had two meetings this year, one in a league final, one in the round robin earlier in the championship. You know, both sides have won by two points, so it's, there's very little between them. Is there anything from those two matchups that we can kind of glean going into this game, do you think? Yeah, look, the form book states that there's, you know, as you said, very little between the two teams. Galway up by two points early in the year in March and Kilkenny then in the first round of the championship. Um, I think what was really telling from the Galway performance in the league final was that they tore into Kilkenny from the start and got up a good lead. They conceded two goals kind of just after half time, but I thought the way they responded to that was brilliantly. I thought it showed a new kind of a Galway, maybe so in their mental approach more than anything else. Like, we all know Galway have been well able to match people hurling-wise, trend physical-wise for the last couple of years, but maybe just on the big occasion then just let the bigger teams the Corks and Kilkenny's get ahead of them and maybe not have it in their head that perhaps they could stay with them or could beat them but that league final I think was a bit of a turning point for me when Kilkenny got the two goals got back level Galway pushed down the field and got there a couple of points again and held on to the win and similarly enough in the semi-final against Cork this year the same thing Cork got, went down and got their goal early in the first half but Galway got the next three scores on the point three points and knocked out that Cork goal straight away so I think there's a bit of um, there's something about Galway this year they're a bit more determined a bit more mentally focused maybe um, and I suppose Kilkenny then 
reversed the result in the first round of the championship up in Rathenry in the first round and, and won that by two points. But it was probably a lucky goal maybe just after half time. Miriam Walsh had a, a long shot in just after half time and deceived the goalkeeper and dropped into the net and Kilkenny kind of held on to that till the end. Then. But there was really nothing between it in the two games, which is why I think we're in for a real cracker on Sunday. And do you think, obviously, Kilkenny were probably expecting Ashing to play Cork in this final for another clash? Like when, when Galway upset Cork, what kind of mentality shift is that when you're maybe plotting your whole year to face probably the favourites for the whole championship and then you have to kind of switch your attention to a different team who, you, on paper, you might be expected to beat a bit easier? Yeah, it can be a difficult one. Um, I think that, especially from a Kilkenny perspective, you know, they probably went back training uh, at the end of last year and they had that hurt um, and that heartbreak from having lost to Kilkenny or to Cork for the second time in a row and they probably do focus a little bit um, even in the back of their minds on on the Cork setup and you're watching probably the Cork games a bit closer and the Cork results a bit closer with that like you're saying that idea in the back of your head that it's probably who you're going to end up meeting yeah. on the biggest day of the year so it would definitely be a shift um, I suppose whilst they might have expected Cork you know Kilkenny won't be stupid about it they'll know Galway were never too far behind that was always that was always a very real possibility and if Kilkenny had been drawn against Galway in a semi-final they would have been taking that match very seriously and they wouldn't have been looking at All-Ireland finals before getting over the line in that game so I think that it will definitely be a shift for them in that they've been in the habit the last couple of years of playing Cork uh, who play a very particular style of camogie obviously that kind of moving the ball through the line so it's a shift for Kilkenny in that they'll play a completely different game against Galway than they probably would have done against Cork in a lot of ways um, but I don't think that they'll be shocked by any manner of means to be facing Galway in this game. You know, full credit to Galway where it's due. They've played really good camogie from the beginning of the year, and no doubt Kilkenny will have been watching them at the same time the whole way through, and they'll they'll know exactly what they're coming up against in this game. Elaine, is there any worry after being beaten like so narrowly in the last two finals, and especially being in control in one coming down the the stretch, that there's a bit of white line fever maybe with Kilkenny that that maybe they've just kind of forgotten how to get over the line in a big game, or does, is that does that worry you at all? Um, yeah, I think it would have to be a concern. Like you know, they say it's a great experience to have been in Croke Park. Yeah, Croke Park is a great experience, but it's only great if you win there. It's not such a great experience to have lost there. And I think coming down the home straight, there always is that kind of a fear. See, with the Dublin footballers last week going for the five in a row, like there is this small little fear that look, it's here, it's within touching point. But God, what happens if I don't get there? If I don't reach it? I think the fact that Kilkenny are playing a different style of camogie this year, the fact that they're playing more attacking, I think the girls are a little bit freer. They're hurling a bit freer maybe a bit more content in their hurling they're getting to attack they're getting to drive forward I've seen an interview with Anna Farrell during the week where she said look that's what players love to do they love to get forward and score so I think the fact that they're playing that different type of camogie this year maybe will take the shackles off a small little bit and they'll feel that they'll get to express themselves in Croke Park and let's face it if you're a camogie player and you're going to express yourself on the biggest day in the camogie calendar Croke Park is the place you want to do it um, and I suppose they showed in the last day in the semi-final what they can do when they get that open space in front of them now I don't think expect the Galway backs to give them that type of open space at all but I think because it will be a less maybe chess-like tactical kind of a game than they would have expected maybe with Cork I think the freeness of it and the ability to go out and hurl will probably stand to Kilkenny a little bit more and, and that fear of, of losing mightn't be as, as real and I'll see just on the, the final itself as a spectacle or a potential spectacle how important do you think it is for it to be like an entertaining game with you know a lot of scores given that the last few years have been tied, even though it's two great teams of the sport going against each other. When it's kind of your shop window, you do want to maybe see a really entertaining game so people who might ordinarily watch it are maybe you know more inclined to go again or go again. 
Yeah, it's massively important. Um, I think, you know, massive credit has to be given this year. There's definitely been a marked increase in the coverage in Camogie with the streaming of the online games earlier in the championship and the group stages and with the knockout stages, the quarterfinal and the semifinal being shown on TV. It's fantastic to see that, but you know, the reality still at the end of the day is that this is the game that people watch. It's the All-Ireland Final. This one has a significantly larger audience than any other game that's played during the year. And as players and, you know, as supporters of the game, we want to see a free-flowing game. We want to see a, a skillful game. We want to see a game that represents uh, what we as players see Camogie to be so that everybody else can see it for what it is and you know like Elaine alluded to there earlier it, it has been a bit chess-like and very tactical for the last couple of years and um, it's difficult sometimes when that is the only game that a lot of people see in Camogie because it doesn't necessarily represent Camogie very well for what it is and um, the speed and the skillfulness and the strength of the players isn't necessarily seen in those games we'd much rather probably display a game that hopefully will be what we'll get on Sunday that has players driving forward and taking scores and showing off what Camogie players can do and showing that, you know, we're not that far behind hurling and that, you know, it's a it's a great sport to watch when it's played in that way. Just on that, um, Elaine, Camogie has never been more like hurling probably than it, than it is now and there seems to be a general kind of consensus that there needs to be rule changes and maybe, let's say, the shoulder charge, even the hand pass goal, drop, being able to drop the hurl and things like that. Do you think, is change looking more likely now? There seems to be a lot of fairly strong voices talking for change and kind of almost demanding it. Do you think that's fairly likely in the, in the coming months or even in the next 12 months? Yeah, I think so. Look, I think as a Camogie Association, as Camogie players and, and lovers of Camogie, we have to listen to what the players are saying. And Ashing alluded to it there. You know, players at the start of the year, at every opportunity, were calling for change in the games. And, you know, change, I mean, I think some of the rules are probably there since we were playing 12 aside Camogie. You know, they probably haven't been revisited. And the game has come a long, long way from there. Physical preparation, gym work, all that strength and condition has all come so far. And I just don't think the rules at the moment reflect that. But in fairness to the Camogie Association, they've introduced they have the rules review forum at the moment and and players and people across the the, the whole camogie world got their chance to you know have their input in it look at the rules that they wanted to have changed maybe look at the rules that thought they needed amending and in fairness to the camogie association they have taken they have a committee there now that's going to review those rules and i would hope to see change and i'd say it should be fairly quick given that you know players have been calling for for a long time but there was a marked increase on the amount of people calling for change this year i'd expect to see something in the new year and maybe introduced even for the league next year is that something that excites you, Ashling? Like you're doing strength and conditioning for months and months. You're doing all your preparation, all your winter training, and all your gym work and everything. And someone could blow you for a shoulder in the vertical commas, like for which, knocking off somebody. Yeah, 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 which is part of the game now. Like, does it does change excite you or the prospect of it? Yeah, it definitely does. You know, the thing that uh, I always find funny is that after we play a match of the weekend, you come back and you're black and blue and you're covered in bruises, and <laughs> then camogie's a non-contact sport on paper. Still, you know, you're not you're not actually allowed to. to to really touch your opponent at all. Um, so yeah, the game has evolved massively, like Elaine's saying, you know, it's it's a very different game that's been played now than it was when those rules were first written. So yeah, the prospect that Camogie have put together this uh, rules review committee and that we're hopefully going to see advances in the way that it's being officiated to match the training styles that most teams are employing now uh, makes perfect sense and is, is very exciting to see as a player. I'd be really hopeful that, you know, this rules review committee can introduce some trial rules in the league that we'll see the benefit of hopefully 
almost immediately from their introduction. And you know, we're not we're not looking to be creaming each other. Nobody wants to play rugby. You know, we <laughs> yeah. we, we made a decision to play camogie for a reason. We want to keep the game skillful, and we we're, we're not looking to change it um, by any you know drastic measures. Um, but small changes, I think, will make a big difference to how the games flow. And as a result, I do think more skill will be seen, and the strength work that players are doing all through the winter and all through the year um, will be allowed to be brought to that game in. A better way, yeah, Elaine. Because I think it was it was actually the All Ireland Finals where a lot of people with the refereeing kind of the, some of the decisions that were made in those games in the last two years, maybe when it came more into focus about these issues. Yeah, and I think even like down to the most basic of, of differences of rules, you know, the drop and the hurl, the hand pass goal. It's terrible that on Ireland Final Day you have to explain to someone who's maybe watching Camogie for the first time associates it with hurling because let's face it, it's the same game as far as most people are concerned, just played by females. And you're trying to explain to them that no, actually the girls can drop their hurls and they can hand pass the ball instead. So I think the more we can bring it in line with hurling and the easier we make it for the viewer, the more of a spectacle we'll make it. As Ashley said, nobody wants to be, you know, creaming one another with shoulders out there or anything like that. But you do have to bring it in line with what the audience are expecting and what the girls are capable of producing. And I think we bring it on then and we make it more of a spectacle and we get more people involved and more people watching and stuff. If people are watching and suddenly there's simple rule changes and differences between her and that they just don't really understand, they're kind of looking going, well, what other rules don't I know? Look, I don't even know what this game is. So I think the more we can bring it in line with hurling without obviously the massive physicality of it, um, the betterment for the game. Mm, well, we could probably debate these rule changes for, for all day, <laughs> but uh, might finish up with some predictions, guys. Um, obviously, really exciting game in the prospect. Ashley, who do you think is going to win? Um, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I think massive credit to Galway. They've played um, a serious game uh, all year. They've you know come on leaps and bounds, and they've put it up to the top teams. Um, but I, I find it hard to look past those six Kilkenny forwards in particular. I just think Galway are really going to struggle to contain them. Uh, you know, you can keep Denise Gall quiet and you can keep Katie Power quiet and then Michelle Walsh and Michelle Quilty are, are standing up behind them. So uh, I just, I can't see past Kilkenny on this one. I think Kilkenny will do it. Something tells me Elaine might have a similar prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Am I that obvious? Uh, no, look, I think we're in for a massive game. I think it's going to be really close. Like, can Kenny have the strongest attack in the championship? Galway have the best defence in the championship. So, like, I'm really looking forward to the matchups that are going to be there. You'll have Aoife Dunhoe and Kenny roaming around the middle of the field. How can Kenny negotiate those is going to be so important because Aoife Dunhoe had such a big impact on the league final. She was player of the match in that game and just absolutely covered every blade of Croke Park that day. I'd be a little bit worried that the Kilkenny backs haven't been properly tested for a full 60 minutes yet in this championship and when Tip did go at them coming near the end of the semi-final I know the game was won and maybe there was an element of switching off a little bit but they did concede two late goals so I would be a little bit worried I think the matchups are going to be massive I think Paul Murray's placement of Ailish O'Reilly at centre forward in the semi-final on Gemma O'Connor was a real statement of intent and you know Ailish had been flying in the full forward line and suddenly she was out centre forward on Cork's big marquee player and you know she gave Gemma O'Connor enough but that day and, and quietened the Cork defence and stopped their attacks from there so I expect a few changes in position wise and, and different players picking one another up but look I think when Kilkenny are scoring what they're scoring in games and with the capability of it like you have Michelle Quilty there to score and you have Mary Walsh, Katie Perry there to take the big hits to lay up the passes I think it's teed up for a brilliant game but I just think the heart of the last two years is going to drive Kilkenny over in the end Well it's still to be a very high scoring game and hopefully a good one as well Ashley Elaine, thanks so much for joining us Thanks for having us Cheers
That's all we have time for on the Throne and Association with Board Gosh Energy. And one last reminder that we have a whole host of pre-match coverage for you to enjoy over the weekend, including Ashling's column in the Irish Independent on Saturday, her post-match column on Monday in the Irish Independent, as well as a four-page spread in the Sunday Independent, previewing all the big games. So, until next Monday, thank you so much for listening, and goodbye. Board Gosh Energy, putting customers at the core of under-20 and senior hurling championship action. Hashtag hurling to the core.